Hello and welcome back to The Daily Royal, a podcast covering the daily events of all the European royal family. Today, we're going to be talking about all of the events from Tuesday, October 6th of 2020. Um, I don't have much housekeeping today, I hope, um, other than to say, like, please check out all the social media um, that I talked about in yesterday's episode. YouTube uh, is the daily, is daily Royal Podcast. Um, Instagram is The Daily Royal, the website, thedailyroyal.com, Facebook and Twitter. I have them. I try to use them. Um, but usually that's like the first thing that goes, um, if I run out of time. So, and it's not because they're necessarily time consuming. It's just, I don't like those platforms very much. Um, I know they're important. But, like, I don't like them. So they're always the first to go because they never win in a priority contest ever. Um, you know, if I could have three of me, the Twitter and Facebook would 100% always happen. But I don't have three of me. I have one of me. Um, and my time is limited. So I spend it on things that I enjoy. Um, so those are... Um, Instagram, YouTube, and the website. So please check those out because I love them all. They're great. Um, the Instagram is constantly changing, but you know, it's the one platform that I experiment the most on. The website I'm really happy with right now, YouTube is new, so that might take on the experimentation. Um, who knows? But Instagram right now, you can just look through and like see different <laughs> trials and errors of things. Um, so that's always fun. So those are my like housekeeping things. Um, oh, and I do want to preface. So I have been very careful about politics for the most part. Um, I am going to talk about them today when we get to the Swedish royal family. There's a reason I'm going to talk about them, uh, and this is specific to the U.S. political situation. Um, I just want to preface that I know if you're from the States, we're getting this content everywhere, but for some reason in this world, the royals and the U.S. politics are colliding in a way that I have deemed to talk about. So that happens when we get to the Swedish royal family. If you want to skip out of that, I understand. Um, but we'll go to the Belgian royal family for now, where things are not political. Belgium today, the day that had no events on the calendar, we had some events. I knew this was going to happen, which is fine. I'm perfectly happy with it. Um, I am, I kind of go in like roller coasters of like, not necessarily which royal family is my favorite, but which I enjoy watching the most. Um, and right now that is the Belgian royal family. I don't know why. Um, I don't really know what happened, but all of a sudden, like, that's become really fun for me to watch. So I was very excited that there were some events today. 
Um, so the first thing, and it might have to do with this too, um, was King Philippe received four new ambassadors today from Denmark, Armenia, Bulgaria, and New Zealand. Um, and one thing I love when new ambassadors do, we all know I have this love affair with like the credential ceremony for ambassadors. It's a weird thing that I love, but it's there. Um, but I also love that like some of these ambassadors come in some form of traditional dress. Sometimes it's completely, um, the whole thing is traditional or in the case of the new New Zealand, New Zealand ambassador, um, she was dressed pretty modernly and then she had on, I don't know what they're culturally called, but um, they're, they're capes that are like native to New Zealand and they're very cool. Um, so I always appreciate when there's like an element or a full on homage paid to their country of origin because like it shows that they're super proud of it. Um, so I really enjoy that. I, it's maybe another part of like why I love these credential ceremonies so much because it's such a bizarre thing to love. I don't know why I do. Um, I don't know some of the things, but that's what it was. So that was the first thing on the calendar. And then while I was looking at the Belgian monarchy website, just to make sure that I had everything, um, they had also added that King Philippe today held an audience with the um, winner of the King's, I think it's the King's Sword um, 2020, which is an honor that is given to the top second or third year student um, and so officer in training at the Royal Military Academy. Um, so this is going to be... Um, a little bit more important in our conversation on Thursday, but this was like a preliminary meeting between the king and this um, winner of the, like the highest distinction for a student to get. Um, so the full ceremony um, will be on Thursday as part of like the opening of the Royal Military Academy. We'll talk more about that when it happens on Thursday, but like, preface, here's something that happened that we'll come back to. Um, so that's what was going on in Belgium. Um, very exciting, some stuff. I'm very excited for the rest of the week in Belgium. I no lie put, um, in my calendar when the Royal Military Academy thing was, and I'll probably watch it live because I'm a nerd, y'all, and I like watching things in languages I don't understand. It's a great time. <laughs> so that is Belgium, and now we are going to jump into the British royal family. the UK today, the Duchess of Cambridge paid a visit to Derby University, um, specifically to talk about the impact of COVID on 
university life, um, as well as discovering and talking about some of the national resources that have been put in place um, to support student mental health. Um, so she was able to talk specifically with um, first-year students who undoubtedly have to be going through some of the most stress. I mean, I remember starting university. It was already stressful, and I started in a normal time. Now, there were some other things that contributed to my stress, but like... Even in my exceptionally stressful case, um, I was 17 when I started. I turned 17 the day I moved into college, so I was a very young first-year college student, um, which was stressful in and of itself. But, like, even that, I wasn't living in a pandemic, so I can't imagine 17-year-old me alone for the first time, going, you know, not having a normal senior year of high school, which I actually didn't have a normal senior year of high school, but like I had a graduation. Um, And then it all being in the middle of a pandemic that I probably would have taken seriously then too. So I would have been pretty isolated and it would have been terrible. Um, And my mental health, like, already as a freshman in college was terrible. I can't imagine what a pandemic would have done to it. I can't imagine. Like, it's actually giving me anxiety to think about. Um, So I'm going to skip that part. But, like, that was the focus was, like, how are these first-year students doing? Um, And what resources do they have? Are they working? Do they know about them? All of that stuff um, is just so crucial to like having a successful university career. So really great there. And then Kate was also able to meet with nursing students um, and talk about like how they're preparing, if they're preparing any differently um, now that we're in a pandemic. Um, And then also with athletes whose schedules and everything have obviously been changed a little bit because of crowd limitations and you know the UK I think has a six person policy right now so and there are a lot of exclusions to that policy and so I'm sure sports somehow fall into it but like just to be a university student in this time like yesterday we talked about teachers being heroes but like students are going through it too. I mean, we all are, but like, whew, to be in college, the undoubtedly first real stress of your life, um, to then have it all in a pandemic, I just, it seriously gives me anxiety. So, um, oh boy. Okay. Sorry. Saying seriously brought up my Siri, um, you know, from my phone, I thought she was going to talk. It was going to be a disaster, but it didn't. And you know, it's fine. (laughs) So that is what was going on in the UK, at least publicly facing, 
Um, I'm gonna pull up the court circular right now. I'm almost getting really good at talking and doing this at the same time. Um, almost, like I'm not, I'm not 100% there, but we made it. Okay, so. Well, that's interesting. Uh, this has zero impact on the royal family other than um, apparently the president of Ukraine is on an official visit to the UK um, and was greeted by uh, the Lord Lieutenant of Essex on behalf of the Queen. Literally has nothing to do with the royal family. Just, you know, a thing that I've seen. Um, and then, oh, okay, so the Duchess of Cornwall, looks like she is back in England, um, held an afternoon tea for the organiza organization, uh, Duchenne UK, uh, of which she is president. I don't know if this is related to the muscular dystrophy Duchenne or if it's something else, um, and then she also held a meeting with representatives from the Cornwall Community Foundation. Um, and then it talks about Kate's visit to the University of Derby. And that seems to be it on the court circular. So a couple of interesting tidbits there. Um, but that's what was going on in the UK today. And now we are going to move on to Denmark. Today was the opening of the <laughs> Folkting, uh, which is my English, my American pronunciation of the word that they use in, De uh, in Denmark for their parliament. Um, so in attendance was Queen Margrethe, Crown Prince Frederick and Crown Princess Mary, as well as Queen Margrethe's sister, Princess Benedict. I think is the right pronunciation. I was watching something and that's how they, that's how they said their, her name. I don't know if that's right though. <laughs> um, so this one was a, this is the, I think, last yearly annual opening of a parliament. Um, I don't know if we'll see anything from Belgium that just like installed their new government, um, like you do in Spain or I guess the UK does it, but they're not this year. Um, so this one is a little bit different because Queen Margrethe really has no official part in the ceremony other than her presence. So everywhere else, the monarch or, you know, in Norway's case this year, the regent um, read their read a speech. It is not usually prepared by them. Um, the exception being like, in Spain, when uh, King Felipe opens the government, he does read his own speech um, because it's it's a different situation. Um, but like 
in the Netherlands, uh, King Willem Alexander reads a speech prepared by the government. Same thing in Norway. I don't quite know what it is in Sweden. I wasn't paying enough attention. Um, sorry. <laughs> I'll try again next year. Um, but like in Denmark, they just sit through the opening. Um, the prime minister reads the speech prepared for the government, prepared by the government, and it's all really just ceremonial, which is truly like, that is the Danish monarch's role is to be purely symbolic. Like she has no part in government formation. Um, you know, like we've seen for the past <laughs> year almost now, uh, in Belgium and same thing in Spain, um, like just doesn't really have a part in it at all. Um, she does have, like, quarterly, I think, Council of States, but even that, she's had, like, maybe one this year so far, but that's, like, a COVID thing. Um, so it was really, like, they arrived, they sat through the opening, and then they left. Like, that was the coverage. I did post the opening of the Danish folk ting on YouTube, which you can check out at Daily Royal Podcast. Um, it is up there and it's edited for just the opening ceremony. Um, and it starts with the queen and royal family's arrival and ends with them leaving. Um, so it's a very condensed version, which I always find helpful. Um, at least, you know, if you're watching it for the royals, it's very helpful to just skip through a lot of the commentary. Um, so that is what was going on in Denmark today. Like I said, they do have a pretty full calendar for the rest of the week. Um, so I'm excited to see some of that play out. But for the most part, it was just, um, it was a much quieter ceremony than I was kind of expecting. It was about an hour long, um, which I think is on par. Um, I also was reading, when I was reading up on it, they, in Denmark, have like a capacity limit, um, but there are certain exceptions to that and parliament is one of them. Um, so there were 159 people plus the four royal family members, plus probably some others. Um, now they were all sitting in Denmark. The recommended distance is one meter, which is about three feet. Um, so they observed that. Um, even amongst the royal family, like it was Margrethe and then three-ish feet, Frederick and Mary were sitting right next to each other because obviously they're married and live in the same household. Um, and then three feet from Mary was Princess Benedict. Um, so everyone was observing the recommended practice in Denmark, uh, which the Folkting's website made sure that we all knew. Um, so that was the day. It was much different than I was expecting just because we had watched now, what, three parliament, like seasonal parliament openings, plus we've seen Spain open parliament this year. Um, so it was, you know, different than I expected, but obviously still an important annual event for the Danish royal family. Um, and then there was nothing in the Netherlands today. Um, so we are going to very quickly jump into Norway, where there just was one thing that I want to talk about.
yesterday. However, it wasn't put on the website when I had originally checked last night, even though I checked these at like, let's see, it would be 4, 4 a.m. in Norway. Um, it wasn't there, so they must have put it on this morning um, when working hours resumed. And it is that Crown Prince Regent Akun actually wrote the letter of condolences for the former Emir of Kuwait. Um, so this is something we're seeing a lot of monarchs do right now. Um, <coughs> and I haven't really talked about it because like, it's not that it's not important, but there's been so much else happening um, that honestly, like, it was a priority thing um, because I know that these episodes can get long. I mean, yesterday's was almost 40 minutes, and I really do try to keep them at just a half hour. Um, and there's just been so much content lately that, like, sometimes things got to go. Um, and it's been the letters because how many times do I need to read you the same thing um, or talk about it? But the reason I want to talk about this um, is because I didn't expect Akun to do it. I was expecting it to come out when Harold returned, when King Harold returned to work from his sick leave, and Akun wrote it. Um, so it was just something that I noticed that I wanted to talk about. Um, and then it was accompanied by King Harold's schedule has been pushed back at least a day. So um, Crown Prince Akun will have the um, a couple of engagements on Thursday that King Harold was supposed to have um, as of the last time I checked, which it's been a couple of hours now. Um, King Harold is still on the schedule for Friday, but I think they're taking it one day at a time and changing up to like two days in advance. So, lots to watch in Norway. Um, and I hate saying that. Um, and it all seems, you know, Queen Sonia has a couple of things tomorrow, so it all seems fine. But um, there are just some, some things that are giving me some concern. And I've decided the way I wanna address this is by talking about them. Um, you know, I, there hasn't been too much. I've been looking on the websites and stuff like that, and there hasn't been too much to report yet, but I just found the condolence letter to be interesting. Um, so that's the little update that I wanted to give on the Norwegian royal family, and now we are going to move into Spain. King Felipe and Queen Letizia returned to work um, after like a four-day break, including the weekend, um, and they attended the annual board meeting of the Cervantes Institute. Um, so Cervantes is uh, Miguel Cervantes, the writer of uh, Don Quixote, sorry, 
Uh, I just totally lost my train of, oh, I didn't lose my train of thought. I blanked out, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, and so they do this every year. It was held at the um, Prado Palace, which has a lot of history that maybe we'll talk about another day. Um, but this is an event that, I, like I said, I never really paid attention to before. It was just kind of something that was always on their calendar. Um, but today, because of this podcast, I paid a little bit more attention. And it's attended by some really important people, like the prime minister of Spain, the foreign minister, the education minister, ambassadors from various countries of Ibero-America, um, and like, it's, it's not streamed, that's not the word, but it was like a digital conference and it is every year throughout the world. So there were people in the meeting from like China and um, because the Cervantes Institutes are everywhere. Um, I can think of maybe, off the top of my head, I can only think of two in the US, but there's probably a third one in like the, on the West Coast, probably in California somewhere. Um, but there's one in Chicago and there's one in New York. Um, I mean, these, these institutes are everywhere and they promote um, Spanish language education and like usage throughout the world. Um, so like on their website, there's like a guide that you can download in English for me, even though I could have read it in Spanish. Sometimes it's, it's definitely easier to read in English. Um, but like Spanish is the fourth most spoken language in the world. And it was the first language I chose to learn. Um, the plan, it's going to take me a long time, but is to learn um, three total languages pretty much for this podcast. Um, Spanish was kind of for myself, um, but then has like become about the podcast. And then I also want to learn Dutch, um, which is the language I'm starting now-ish. And um, that's because it's spoken in two countries that I cover, Belgium and the Netherlands. Um, and then I want to learn one of the Scandinavian languages because they're all, not that they're interchangeable, but like you can understand one, you can almost understand them all. Um, so I learned that when titling the videos for the Norwegian and Danish um, parliament openings. One is obning and one is apning with a P or a V. Um, so it was just like very little differences. But like the Cervantes Institute promotes learning Spanish throughout the world. And, um, you know, like I said, it's the first language I chose to learn because it serves me not only for this podcast, but like for other opportunities that I may want to have or um, other things. So I think it's important that we all know at least one other language. Um, you know, I say as a person in my late 20s who's just now learning her second language. Um, but um, so that's what the meeting was today. Like I said, they have a full calendar through the rest of the week. Um, we'll see what that looks like. And now we are going to move on to Sweden.
typically I would start with King Carl Gustav first um, and like his events just because I try to go in order of precedence. However, I'm going to go a little bit backwards today because I want to save the part that I mentioned at the beginning is going to get political towards the end. So if you're still here, stick around and I'll give you another warning. Um, so this morning and yesterday, like I mentioned, Crown Princess Victoria was meeting with CBOS. Um, so it turns out that this is part of a two-day conference about sustainable fishing, fish production, um, seafood marketing and sales, and ways to do that sustainably. Um, that isn't, you know, killing killing the ecosystem because we don't want to do that when we're dealing with global warming and all the other terrible things we're dealing with at the moment. Um, let's not kill all the fishes. So um, that was a two-day conference. She partook in both days, gave I think just maybe one opening speech, but then was part of like breakout sessions and other things um, over the past two days. So that was her like big stuff. Um, and then also today, Prince Daniel participated in a patient parliament webinar um, where he gave an opening speech about um, how patients and patient advocates are amazing. Um, and it was all, it wasn't really focused on him and his story, but like there were definitely elements um, so this is, God, there's going to be so many tangents in Sweden. I'm sorry, but I, like, now that I've said it, um, Prince Daniel got engaged in 2009, early 2009, I think. Um, and then a few months later, it was announced that um, Prince Daniel needed a, or then Daniel Wessling needed a kidney transplant. Um and it was a pretty serious situation. You know, you don't get to transplant until it's serious. Um, and he was there. And so he actually received said kidney, um, donor kidney from his father. Um, and so his father really ultimately saved his life. Um, so this put a delay on the wedding. And so even though they announced their engagement of like early 2009, um, they did not end up getting married until June in 2010, um, because of this health crisis. Um, and so when he talks about like patient advocacy and patient responsibility for their own care, like, or for advocating for themselves, he comes at it from a much different view than the rest of us. Um, and like, that was kind of evident in the speech he gave where he talked about how like, you know, healthy people can have 10,001 desires of their world. Whereas like a sick person wants one thing. They just want to be better. Um, and so like when he talks about that stuff, it comes from a much different place than like I talk about it. Um, so I wanted to mention that even though, um, I know that's going to make this a little bit longer, but like a very cool event for him and it is going to get overshadowed by this next thing. Um, okay, anti-politics people, you can leave now. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, if you're still here, you guys, I've been dreading talking about this all day uh, since I found it. 
so King Carl Gustav, Queen Sylvia, Crown Princess Victoria, and Prince Daniel today all took part in a video conference with the Swedish ambassador to the U.S. to discuss the political situation here in the, in the States. I say here because that's where I live. It was in the context of the upcoming presidential election. So I will start off by saying this. There is not a lot of information shared on what they talked about. Um, it was pretty vague, which is important. Um, but that, so I went back. So I have a lot of bizarre feelings about this. So I went back and I looked at four years ago to see if they had a similar meeting and there wasn't. And... <laughs> Sorry, I'm really trying to still be careful. Um, and I don't know why, other than this is not meant to be political. Like, I am a political person. I have never made a secret about that, but I've never shared my own personal views, um, at least not directly. However, this is about as close as I'm going to come I think. Still got a month to go. I can only assume. Yep. Getting a little. You guys, I'm very stressed out about this meeting. Um, because I can only assume it was held because my country is in chaos. We are falling apart. And never in my, granted, I haven't been an adult all that long, but like in my adult life, I never would have thought that a royal family from another country would be getting a briefing from the ambassador to this country about our political situation in the context of a presidential election. And so I went to the comments on the Instagram post that they made. They didn't put it on Facebook, which honestly, probably a smart move. Um, but I went to the Instagram comments and here's what other people say about our country. So I've read things like, gee, that must have been an interesting meeting. Or I have read, um, let's see, let's pull some of them up. Because I, when I started this, I was going to try and be as impartial as I could be about it. Which I would still like to do, but it's just, I'm trying. Um, so here is one Instagram comment, I'll save your majesties and your royal highnesses all some trouble and summarize briefly. Things aren't 
going well. Accurate. Um, there's a picture. You can see it on the Daily Royals Instagram of King Carl Gustav's face. And it looks a little confused. It, it's his face. So, like, I'm not even really going to say that. Um, but this comment says, The king's face is how we all feel about the U.S. right now. LOL. So, that's what's happening. Um, and it sucks. And I... I don't think, like, I'm stressed out about talking about it because it's uncomfortable. Because other people are looking at my country that I love and a year ago, two years ago, meh, kind of. I was a proud American. Um... And it's not that I was, like, thrilled about my country. I knew we had some challenges. But now the rest of the world thinks we're a disaster. And we are. For the first time, I think they're right. I've never thought countries thinking we're a joke or anything was ever real. And now it is. Um... And it's not just because of our current president. It's because of our political situation and our COVID disaster. And I have heard this in country after country now about how we are basically not leading any longer. You know, <coughs> the president got COVID and people would say like the leader of the free world and it didn't feel the same. Like it doesn't, we're not leading the free world right now. We're not we are lagging and it's terrible and to have that as part of a discussion in a royal family almost very blatantly is scary and i hate it and it through me for a loop when I saw that this meeting had happened. Um, one, it threw me because I was like, how am I going to talk about this without saying my own personal views? Um, and two, it has reaffirmed for the third time in a month from a different country. So this has happened in two other countries now, uh, in addition to Sweden today, that we're not leading the pact. We're not, we're not stable. We're not the stable United States of America. And I can only look at this through the eyes of an American, through the eyes of my experience as an American. Um, and it's, it's hard. And so that's why I saved it for the last thing. Honestly, I'm impressed that I didn't cry. Um, it sucks to be the laughingstock of other countries. 
and it sucks that royal families are getting briefed on the political situation in my country because even if it were messy, it's always been stable before, and it's not. And, you know, I've tried to see all sides of why the Swedish royal family would do this. And it wasn't just, like, one person. It was the top four members of the Swedish royal family. It was all four of them. Um, you know, maybe it had to do with President Trump and him having COVID. But, like... It didn't. I mean, there's just no way it did. So, yeah. Um, they also... <laughs> okay, I'm going to try and pep it back up. Uh, they also talked about the bilateral relationship between the two countries, which I'm sure is going well. Um, so, yep, that's how we're going to end the podcast. Um, if you're still here... I'm really sorry for my ramble. Um, I'm not very coherent when it comes to talking about politics because I definitely try to find line, um, or I try to. And I pause a lot because I, I consider my words very carefully when it comes to American politics. Um, I can spout off at the mouth about Spanish politics and Belgian politics, and there isn't really a consequence, but there is a potential for consequence here. Um, so I just try and be very careful. So that's how we're going to end this. I know it's not the most upbeat ending, but it's really important. Um, I will be back tomorrow where hopefully I don't have to go through this again or share this information again. Um, and I will talk to you all then. Have a great one. Bye.